Egbert, Margaret and Stephen stories by Jedda Bradley. For more stories, visit JeddahBradley.com. Egbert, Margaret and Stephen and the Crocodile Stephen pressed his hands and face against the cold glass wall of the aquarium and prayed that Margaret and Stephen would not be eaten up by the sharks. He did not for a minute believe that a certain type of shark, the black tip reef shark, had no interest in eating humans. For the last hour, his stomach had flip-flopped like a yo-yo as he watched the sharks glide over Margaret and Egbert, who were inside the aquarium completely covered in diving gear. Stephen shuddered at the sight of the dorsal fin. Margaret waved at him and he could imagine that underneath her mask she was smiling. He waved back, but even the sight of the large tortoises that were almost dancing in the water did not put him at ease. I'm scared of sharks, he had announced when Egbert had told them that as a birthday present, their parents were taking them to the aquarium to swim with sharks. I can't think of a worse present to give me, he said. Egbert sneered with shock and disbelief. Since when? Since forever, said Stephen. So you're not coming, said Egbert. No, said Stephen. Not even to the aquarium to watch us, asked Margaret. I could do that, he conceded and now he wished he hadn't agreed to even do that. Then the crocodile lair caught his attention and he frowned. Why was a 400 kilogram saltwater crocodile sitting in a pen that any old fool crocodile could break out of? His long teeth infested jaw rested lazily on the ground and Stephen understood exactly what was meant by a crocodile smile. There was no chance of trusting this animal. Big eyes popped out of his head glinting that he would happily gulp down a small boy right now. Stephen didn't need to read the facts written in funky font on the sign outside the pen. He knew, just from looking at the crocodile's thick, knobbly, fierce arms and legs, that you didn't have a chance if you ran from this creature. He called out to the security guard who was guarding the crocodile. Can that crocodile get out? The security guard looked over at him and then he smiled and big fangs came out the side of his mouth. Stephen took a step back and gasped. The security guard stopped smiling and his fangs went away. What? said Stephen, rubbing his eyes. Had he just imagined that? He swiveled back to peer at the huge crocodile. The crocodile peered back at him. Stephen glanced over at the security guard. He was very purposefully ignoring Stephen and instead he was looking at the rest of the crowd. Stephen's skin went cold and he caught his breath because it was unbelievable, incredible, ridiculous. But as Stephen flicked between the crocodile and the security guard, a terrible realisation rose up inside him. The crocodile's spirit had invaded the security guard, which meant that when the aquarium closed, the security guard would walk out. But it wouldn't really be a man walking out, it would be a crocodile walking out which also meant the man's spirit was trapped inside the crocodile. Are you a man? Stephen whispered to the crocodile. There was no answer and the crocodile didn't blink. Is there a man stuck inside you? hissed Stephen. The crocodile blinked at him twice. He blinked twice, said Stephen. That means something. He felt something tap him on his shoulder. And when he spun around, he saw Egbert with his diving mask on and he screamed. Ah! He tumbled backwards and hit the side of the pen. Egbert quickly took off his mask and reached out to help him. Whoa, what's got into you? Nothing. Yet, muttered Stephen. 
Man, that was so awesome. You should have come. Let's go. Come on. Mum's buying us hamburger and chips. Stephen's mouth began to water. He was famished and hamburger and chips were his favourite. What's going on with that crocodile? He keeps blinking, said Margaret. Are crocodiles supposed to blink? She asked the security guard. The security guard blinked. What is with that security guard, said Margaret. I think he's a crocodile, said Stephen. And the man's spirit is inside the crocodile. Uh, you, uh, they've switched spirits, quizzed Margaret. That's what I think, said Stephen. Egbert stared at both of them. Are you both bonkers? A crocodile blinks and you think there's a man's spirit stuck inside him? You didn't see him blink, said Margaret. You didn't see the fangs on the security guard, said Stephen. Fangs, fangs, Margaret and Egbert said. I don't believe you, said Egbert. Do you? Stephen asked Margaret. Maybe, she said. If there is a man's spirit stuck in the crocodile, we should try to get it out, said Stephen. Otherwise, it's like leaving a man to die. He won't be dead, he'll be a crocodile, Margaret said, and he might want to be a crocodile. True, but what if he doesn't, said Stephen. For heaven's sake, said Egbert, you're both crazy. He walked over to the funky sign as Margaret and Stephen looked at the crocodile and then at the security guard. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, said Stephen? I don't know, I'm not a mind reader, said Margaret. What if we jam open his mouth with something so the man's spirit might be able to come out, said Stephen. Yeah, but how are we going to get the crocodile spirit out of the security guard? We have to do both at the same time. For the man's spirit to come back to the man's body, the crocodile spirit has to have left. Not necessarily, said Stephen. What happens if the man's spirit comes back to the man and it pushes the crocodile's spirit out? I think the crocodile's spirit is stronger than the man's spirit, said Margaret. Well, there's no way to know until we try, said Stephen. Here's another more rational thought, said Egbert, standing in front of the sign, which had facts written in funky font. Saltwater crocs have the most powerful bite force of any living animal. Think about that before you go messing with one. Are you listening, said Egbert? Not really, said Margaret. What I'm suggesting is that we go have burger and chips like any sane person, said Egbert. You can, said Margaret. I'm staying here. I'm going to figure this out. There's nothing to figure out. You're making this whole thing up, Egbert said. Stephen, come on. The thought of smoky fried beef patties and salty fatty chips was too much for Stephen to bear. Uh, yeah, said Stephen. When Egbert and Stephen were gone, Margaret was all alone, with nobody watching. She secretly regarded the security guard and saw him open his mouth and smile, and the crocodile fangs came out. Oh my God, whispered Margaret. He is the crocodile. She strode over to the security guard. I know who you are, she said. The security guard didn't respond. I know why you're not saying anything, said Margaret, becoming heated. It's because you're a crocodile and you don't know how to talk and you're not going to get away with this. All of a sudden, the security guard put his hand around Margaret's arm. It was scaly and rough. Take your hands off me, said Margaret, but the crocodile man would not. Behind Margaret came another voice. Take your arms off my sister, said Egbert fiercely, holding up a plastic butter knife. A plastic butter knife, said Margaret. What's that going to do? I don't know, said Egbert. It was the only knife I could find. It did the trick, though, because the crocodile man released Margaret's arm and stepped back. Now, said Egbert, what's all this about? It's quite easy to explain, said Margaret, rubbing the red mark left on her arm. The crocodile's spirit and the man's spirit have swapped. 
Now the man's spirit is in the crocodile, and the crocodile's spirit is in the man. I do know the meaning of swapped, said Egbert. We've got to try and get the spirits back to their own bodies, said Stephen. What if the man wants to be in there, said Egbert. Ever thought of that? Yes, actually, said Margaret, but he wants to come out. How do you know? I spoke to him, said Stephen. Right, said Egbert, show me. Egbert, Margaret and Stephen squatted in front of the pen. On the other side lay the crocodile. Look, normally he just blinks, 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 right? Said Margaret. Yes, said Egbert. Now when I ask him, would you like to come out of the crocodile, watch. And sure enough, the crocodile blinked twice. But Egbert was unconvinced. Come on, you're just a fat crocodile, said Egbert. The crocodile stared straight at him. So you want me to believe you're somehow a security guard, said Egbert. The crocodile blinked twice. Do you normally live in a river? The crocodile stared straight at him. Do you drive a car, said Egbert. The crocodile blinked twice. Egbert rocked back on his haunches. He didn't want to believe it, but it did seem like the crocodile was trying to communicate with him. Right, said Egbert. Let's get this man's spirit out. Maybe we can get a whole stack more butter knives, said Egbert. We can stick them all in there and jam his mouth open. You said yourself this fella has the strongest bite in the world, said Stephen, so I'm not touching him with a plastic butter knife. You're not touching him at all, said a sinister voice above them. The security guard towered over them, the tips of his fangs just visible. Now move back. They shuffled backwards, hiding behind the turtle's aquarium, while the security guard kept his black glinting eyes on them. How do we even know that jamming his mouth open is the right way to get the spirit out, Margaret said. We've never done this before. Can you think of any other way, said Egbert? No, whispered Stephen. No, whispered Margaret. Egbert, Margaret and Stephen stared at each other. The fear was palpable. None of them wanted to go near the mouth of the crocodile, but they couldn't leave the man's spirit inside. The kitchen has proper steel butter knives, said Egbert. Margaret nodded. Let's try it, said Stephen. They slid into the cafeteria's kitchen and took a bunch each of some steel butter knives. The chef caught them and called out, Put those knives back! But she was too slow. Egbert, Margaret and Stephen ran, holding on to the knives, running past their mother. Don't worry, we're okay, they yelled. Stephen grabbed at a hamburger and kept running after Margaret and Egbert until they were all hiding behind the pen so the security guard wouldn't see them. He could smell the burger, though, and was already advancing towards their hiding place. He can smell us, hissed Egbert. We need it to get its mouth open, said Stephen. I'll wave it in front of the crocodile's mouth, and it'll be such a good smell that he'll have to open his mouth up. He might also eat your hand off, said Margaret. Okay, I'll just wave the hamburger from over here, and it'll be far enough away that he can smell it, but not eat my hand. And if he opens his mouth, I will throw it in. All right, said Egbert, thinking this was not very safe. It was probably not a very good plan. It was probably not going to work at all. The thing is about these knives, said Margaret, if we don't put them in properly, the crocodile could snap our hands off. Yeah, said Egbert, I don't like the sound of this. We need something bigger than a knife, thicker, like a big thick stick, like batons, like the policemen use. They dropped the knives just as the security guard pounced on them. He sprang back as the knives cluttered over his feet and Egbert, Margaret and Stephen hurtled over the aquarium's exit barrier. Outside, they ran towards a group of police officers who guarded the harbour. They don't have batons, said Margaret, stopping quickly. They've got handcuffs, though, said Egbert. 
Egbert, Margaret and Stephen grinned at the thought of getting a set of handcuffs round that crocodile's scaly, monstrous claws. We need to get back inside before they tell us we can't get back in because we don't have our tickets. Remember, said Margaret. They raced back to the aquarium and found the ticket officer that had let them out. Our mum's still in there. Could we get back in? asked Egbert. Sure, the ticket officer said, beeping them through. Listen, said Egbert to the ticket officer. Between you and me, we're looking for a few thick sticks. A thick stick, said the ticket officer, squinting at Egbert and pursing her mouth. I wouldn't have a clue. Right, okay, right, said Egbert, thanks. They rushed frantically around the aquarium, trying to find thick sticks. They spotted a few fire extinguishers, but they were too big. They couldn't put that in his mouth, they wouldn't fit. What else was there? Egbert grabbed at Margaret and Stephen and pointed at the broom closet that a cleaner was emptying his stuff into. Before he locks it up, we need his mops, said Egbert. They're too long, said Stephen. We're going to break them up, said Egbert. Break it, said Margaret. It's the only way, said Egbert. As the cleaner turned his back, Egbert quickly took the mops that were sitting in the bucket on the back of the cleaner's trolley. Then they ran. They ran until they reached a family bathroom and locked the door. All three of them stood on the ends of the mops so they could break them. I think it's okay, said Egbert, but they've got lots of splinters. You've got maybe five seconds to get those sticks in that crocodile's mouth, said Margaret seriously. Me, said Egbert. The family bathroom went very quiet. Yeah, said Margaret, eyeing Egbert. Who else is going to do it? Stephen's stomach turned inside out. If his brother was eaten by a 400 kilo saltwater man-eater, would be his fault. He'd started it. If he'd just gone diving with the reef shark, none of this would have happened. I will, Stephen squeaked. Egbert was scared, but he wasn't about to let his little brother get eaten by a crocodile. He grinned. Nah, no way. Come on, now or never. They ran back to the crocodile in his pen. The security guard was facing away from them, but they wouldn't have long. Stephen, got your hamburger, said Egbert. Got it, said Stephen. He waved it in the air. The crocodile could smell the meat, and he opened his mouth wide. He was going to snap that burger. But just as he opened his mouth, Egbert jumped the pen, surprised the crocodile, and put the mop handles inside the crocodile's mouth. The crocodile screamed in pain and flipped towards Egbert, who raced to the side of the pen and jumped, feeling the puff of the crocodile's mouth behind him. The security guard ran over, took one look at the crocodile and went crazy. He ran around and around and around in circles. Quickly, Margaret jumped the fence. Next, she did a very rash and incredibly dangerous, not to mention stupid thing. She put her head in the mouth of the crocodile and she shouted, You can come out now. It's safe. Egbert screamed at Margaret, Get your head out of the mouth of the crocodile and get out. Margaret jumped out of the pen while the crocodile rose up on its hind legs, roaring, its mouth still painfully jammed open. Are you insane? Egbert shouted at Margaret. I was trying to help the man trapped in there. By getting your head bitten off by a crocodile? Purple mist rose out of the crocodile. It hovered above them. It's the security guard's spirit, said Stephen. Would you like some hamburger, said Stephen. You must be very hungry. The spirit hovered above the hamburger. Don't distract it, shouted Margaret. Stephen whipped the burger behind his back, feeling the squishy tomato all over his fingers. His heart thumped hard and loud. What if he just destroyed any chance of the spirit going back to its home? The spirit circled around Stephen. You can't have it, screamed Stephen. Go there! And he pointed to the security guard. 
The purple spirit floated towards the security guard and into his eyes. Ah! screamed the security guard. The security guard's spirit was inside his body, alongside the crocodile's spirit, and the man seemed to have a fit and wave his arms and wave his legs and jump up and down, and people going past stopped. Is he all right? they asked, worried. He's fine, said Stephen. He just ate a bit of my hamburger and it went down the wrong way, and now he's choking and he wants to try and get it out. Shouldn't we help him? shouted a woman. Do the Heimlich manoeuvre. Other security guards ran over and patted and slapped and hit him on the back. What's the matter, Harry, they said. And then the security guard, who was called Harry, spat out a hard green piece of plastic, which bounced onto the floor and melted to become like molasses, except it was a thick green gooey liquid. The thick green gooey liquid rose up from the floor and sank into the crocodile's eyes. Got to get those sticks out of his mouth, screamed Stephen. Give me a hamburger, said the security guard. Then he raised the hamburger over the crocodile's mouth. Open your mouth a little bit wider and I'll take the sticks out, said the security guard, and you can have the hamburger. How do you know he won't snap off your hand, said Stephen. Well, if he wants any more food ever again, he won't, said the security guard, and you know I'm not joking, the guard said to the crocodile. The crocodile opened his mouth a little wider. The security guard leapt over the pen's fence. Egbert, Margaret and Stephen grabbed each other's hands, holding each other tight. The security guard took the sticks out. There was a pause and the saltwater crocodile greedily gazed at the man. Don't even think about it, said the security guard. Well, this time I'll tickle you so bad you'll never stop crying. The crocodile blinked and the security guard threw in the hamburger and jumped back out of the pen. Then he said to the three kids, What you did was brave and really stupid, and I don't want you to do it again, ever. Got it? Next time a man's spirit becomes stuck inside a crocodile, you leave him in there. We didn't want to leave you in there. We wanted to get you out, said Stephen. I know, said Harry the security guard but I am here to protect you, not the other way around. But sometimes it is the other way around, obviously, said Margaret. Then Harry took something out of his pocket. It was a little photo. You know, I have my own little boy at home and his name is Marksy. He'll be glad you're coming home tonight, said Margaret. How long have you been in there, asked Egbert. Just the day, just the day. Now I think I owe you a hamburger, he said to Stephen. Come on, let me get you one. With that, They were just about to walk away when Margaret turned and saw the crocodile looking straight at her and it winked. Huh? gasped Margaret. He's after me next. Then she pointed her forefinger at the crocodile. Too bad I know you don't like tickling. And the crocodile slunk away, defeated.